Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. I remember searching, like, returns, Canada, and, like, nothing really came up. But then the other day, I was just shopping around online for stuff for the house renovation, and there was this giant Canadian liquidation store full of returns you could buy so i was like is this a sign that i should do it now like better late than never what is that plucky young woman talking about she's talking about the fact that you can buy pallets of returns from various uh companies you know and i've got another important real estate story coming up this is this is your 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 money segment this is uh we need a name for this Dollars and Armstrong and Getty's dollars and cents. What do you think of that? C E N T S or S E N S E? Oh, that's clever. Very clever. <laughs> is it, is Mike, it? Michael, do you have a like a, a, a theme music or a sounder or anything? Armstrong and Getty. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just excited because <laughs> dollars Armstrong. and cents is a very exciting title. Wait till I cue you. Damn it. Armstrong and Getty's dollars and cents. There you go. It's got a cash well, register. That, that that was not good. No. Anyway, uh, so back to the story. Uh, and and I am intrigued by this. This gal, uh, she's a YouTube sensation. Speaking of YouTube, your friend who said I've never watched a YouTube video with a bit of a high-handed tone. <laughs> right. 
I I had to do a plumbing repair not too long ago that I had done years before, but I couldn't remember exactly how to do it. There are all sorts of wonderful videos. If you don't do that sort of thing, if you don't do reviews of products on YouTube, I don't care if you're buying a car, a bicycle, a a couch, whatever. There are people walking around. Hey, I just bought this. This is what it looks like. This is how it works. This is it's awesome. I have not done that. Oh, consumer reviews. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Wow, how interesting. Anyway, uh, so this gal uh, makes uh, YouTube videos, but you can buy these pallets. For instance, she bought an Amazon return pallet for $473. And it's just whatever's returned for whatever reason, including it doesn't work, maybe. I know about this, actually, getting back to YouTube from Mr. Beast, who I've been meaning to talk about for quite a while. This is one of the many things he does. Uh, he's the fifth most popular YouTube person in the world. But anyway, one of the many things he does is he gets these pallets of things, and then they just open them up to see what's in them and make wacky comments about them. <laughs> and they'll say, here's a $500 pallet. I wonder what's in it. Here's a $10,000 pallet. I wonder what's in it. Wow. Wow, 10000 So this gal spent 473 bucks. She got 215 items. And uh, I, yeah, I've got to admit, I was super curious. I didn't watch the video, but I read a uh, a summary of it. Um, and there are all sorts of companies that do this. Some are more reputable than others. So buyer beware. Um, ba 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 ba. She was shocked to discover just how many items she received for the amount paid: shoe racks, drying racks, water bottles, Tupperware sets, photo frames, lunch bags. A fondue set, can opener. I'm I'm hearing a list of things that like are in my closet or in cupboards that I want to get rid of, but have never gotten around to it. That's what I'm hearing. Oh my god! You know, it's some of some useful stuff too. The question is, does it amount to four hundred and seventy-three dollars? Sure. And do you already have one? Right. <laughs> Excuse me, like uh, Tupperware sets and. Uh, that's useful. Uh, various kitchenware items, a scale fondue set, um, a shower for the bathroom, a shower caddy, toilet seats, multiple, <laughs> toilet brush. I'm always wearing out my toilet seats. <laughs> a set of towels. Also, blankets, napkins, curtains, six rugs, as well as an overwhelming number of lighting fixtures. <laughs> wow. Uh, after a bunch of trial and error, she said about somewhere between 10 and 20% of the items did not work. Did the math. The average cost per item was $2.60. The gambler in me likes this idea. (laughs) The whole... uh, I was actually in the fishing section of a sporting goods store the other day, and they have mystery boxes for $15, they guarantee it's $35 worth of fishing tackle yeah, yeah. and that sort of thing. I thought, what an odd idea. There are rows of like transparent bags and boxes that show me precisely what I'm going to get and the price it'll cost me. Right. And yet, I feel like I want to buy one of these boxes. It's kind of like the old baseball card or currently Pokemon card phenomenon where you, you buy a box of Pokemon cards for a price and kind of wonder what's in there and hope there's something you really like. Sometimes there is, sometimes there isn't. Yeah, boy, it's that, uh, it's the, the anticipation, I guess. Mm. Uh, that's so cool. Of much more significance is, uh, this dollars and cents story. Uh, according to the U.S., uh, National Association of Realtors, I should say, existing home sales fell for a sixth straight month in July. 
They mentioned higher interest rates. Obviously, uh, sales of previously owned homes slid 5.9% in July from the prior month to a seasonally adjusted rate of blah, blah, blah. Uh, more importantly, July sell- sales fell 20% from a year earlier. 20%. Sales, but how about prices? That's what we... That's an excellent question. I have the answer. Although, as a real estate enthusiast and a guy who used to be in the real estate business, um, uh, national statistics are almost useless. I'd say. Except indicating broad trends. And indeed, the median house in Merca uh, went from 414,000 to 404,000. Okay. Uh, now, prices tend to drop in July because the spring is the hottest time to buy uh, houses, end of school. You can move in over the summer, then get your kids in their new schools. It's a big factor in real estate. But there's just no question that the real estate market is cooling off. And what's going to be interesting to see is how much. Because if I'm a home buyer and I see that trend, or a would-be home buyer, I see, uh, you know, the sort of house I'm, I want to move into is $700,000 right now. It only makes sense that if I can ha- hold out for six more months, it's going to be six fifty. dollars So why not wait? That's what I'm doing. Unless I'm also a seller, in which case, you know, it's kind of a wash. But uh, like I say, it is unquestionably slowing down, and it had to. The real estate market's been insane for so long. God, I would say. Another economic thing that I just came across that I thought was really interesting, or did you have more dollars and cents from that end? Well, housing starts fell, too, not surprisingly. But no, go, do your thing. Instead of taking even the finest econo- economist predictions as gospel, lawmakers should consider macroeconomics' lousy track record about predicting things, according to Brian Rydell of the National Review. Just pointing out something that is clearly true, but everybody ignores. They're terrible at this because it's <laughs> unknowable. Often accused of having physics envy, economists develop models whose mathematical complexity offers an air of scientific certainty, even as they, even as they fail over and over again to accurately capture and project the impossibly complicated reality of our economy. And he goes on and on about that, but it's just so true. We all listen to these experts. They make policy around these experts. We make decisions on buying houses or cars or whatever, and they're wrong all the time. And it's not their fault. It's just too complicated. But right. they, they should tell us more up front about it's like, like asking look. a psychic. Yeah, it practically is. They should tell yeah. us, look, we're wrong like 80 percent of the time. But this is what I think is going to happen. <laughs> it, it, but that's not the way it's presented. It's radio. So you can't see me shaking my head with my disgusted face. But I, I minored in uh, econ in college. And I think looking back, that had to be. Uh, Gladys, if you don't mind, I mean, goodness sakes, thanks. Uh, back in college, uh, was the, really when it got heated up that economists wanted to be thought of as scientists. And it, your description of these incredibly long, complex algorithms, I would sit in classes with these huge long formulas in front of me that we were supposed to memorize for the test and I sat there thinking there is a zero you want you want uh, uh, math you want economic you want uh, percentages you want a formula here's your formula there's a zero percent chance I'm going to remember any of this the day after the final zero <laughs> this is useless you're not teaching me about how economies work you're showing off your freaking formulas you <laughs> 
You want a percentage? Here's a percentage. There's zero percent chance I remember you. Right. <laughs> You're wasting my time and money, which at the time was like a tenth of what college costs now. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Physics that envy. That's beautiful. Yeah, the dismal science they call it economics. And I always remember a guy, geez, I don't know, this sticks in my head. He was getting a graduate degree, master's degree in economics. <laughs> Gladys working overtime with her reminiscence harp. And I said, uh, what's your takeaway? And he said, it's all theory. And that is stuck <laughs> in my head. Every time I think about economics, that, him saying that, it's all theory. <laughs> yeah. And it is. It is not a science. It's just a bunch of theories that are way more often wrong than right. Because it's unknowable. Again, it's not their fault. Yeah, it's too complicated. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to describe what's going on in an atom, and there are 780 different uh, little uh, nubbins, and not just uh, protons, neutrons, and electrons, it would be uh, damn near impossible. Armstrong and Getty. Today I'm... Joe Getty. personal privilege. Don't get brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Came across this piece by Steve Coazzo the other day. Woke food lovers have lost, lost their minds over cultural appropriation. And he opens with a description, which some of you will appreciate as much as me, of when Kermit the Frog founded, or he, he found El Slizo Cafe, which was a Mexican joint in 1979's The Muppet Movie. And he nervously muttered, mm, foreign food, but a man's got to eat. <laughs> then it turns out the house special was frog legs, which horrified Kermit and he ran away in terror. Foreign food, but a man's got to eat. I probably laughed at that 40 years ago. Such a scene today would go straight to the cutting room floor and the creators exiled to Cancelville, writes uh, Steve. Once upon a time, it was permissible to make lighthearted fun of cuisines that were unfamiliar or exotic to film audiences. But in today's unforgiving and witless world of indigenous cuisine purity, good-natured jokes are strictly verboten. I'll f- we're- feel, f- feel free to make fun of any food I want to make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, worst about any, uh, just about any dish not from Western Europe that isn't cooked by a native-born chef is either a fake version of the cuisine or a wicked ripoff or both. Tinkering with another country's traditional way of making noodles is equated with cultural annihilation. Borrowing another nation's kitchen traditions is the same as colonial pillaging and profiting. And then he gets into the death last week of cookbook writer Diana Kennedy, who was regarded as the world's most knowledgeable expert on Mexican cooking. But she's not Mexican. But it put the issue squarely on the table. Quote from the New York Times, She never reckoned with her authority over Mexican cuisine as a white British woman. She never if, reckoned with it. Yeah, she probably didn't. As if Kennedy had strip-mined the country's farmland on orders from the <laughs> Queen. <laughs> The L.A. Times, in a bi-coastal woke war, noted that frequent charges of cultural appropriation leveled at Kennedy had left her with a tainted legacy. Whatever. Jeez, you people are crazy. Compare that freaking idiotic notion to what Steve Quozo says. So if a non-Mexican celebrates the nation's culinary bounty more lovingly than anyone else, it's grounds to excommunicate her from the respectable world of gastronomic, gastronomic appreciation? Apparently, yes. Food writer Angela L. Pagan on, uh, on TikTok writes, The cultural roots of Latino foods are being scrubbed away. 
the so especially on TikTok, uh, the social media site needs to stop messing with Latinx dishes. She says, such as esquites, which she said should only ever be called by its rightful name and not described by anything else. On TikTok, as well as every blog, blog on the planet, Esquites is promoted as Mexican street corn salad. Yes, the dish itself is street food from Mexico, but it does have a name, and it does not need a new blander one. We don't call spaghetti Italian sauce noodles, so why rename this traditional piece of Mexican cuisine? Uh, excuse me, excuse me. The left spends all day, every day, renaming things and twisting language. And for instance, like you just did, lecturing... Uh, Hispanic people themselves that they ought to say Latinx, which is a stupid-ass term you woke white idiots invented. So shut your stuffed-with-esquites pile hole, you hypocritic woke idiot! Italian sauce noodles. <laughs> so my house is kind of uh, built on a hill, and so we've got a big old crawl space under it. Uh, it's actually a walk-around space. It's quite high, and uh, since we don't have a, a fence right now, Baxi, who uh, my dog, my half Labrador Retriever, half uh, Border Collie, uh, he likes to chase tennis balls. He goes crazy for it. So we go under the house because he can run free. It's a pretty big crawl space. Um, Labradors and, love the great sport of tennis. Well, they love retrieving things. So anyway, but we do it all the time. In fact, sometimes I take him on walk, and he'll be on the leash, and he'll be like, hey, you want to go uh, you know, under the house? We could play that uh, ball game if you want. I'm like, no, no, you got to go poop. Uh, so anyway, so we go under there to play yesterday, and I throw a ball. It was like the third throw. It's a little dusty, and he's chasing the ball, and he slips and, like, crashes down where the, the floor meets the wall. And he started flipping around oh. and couldn't get up. Oh, boy. And I'm looking at his legs kind of bent, and I'm like, oh, my God, he dislocated his, oh. his knee. Oh, no, wait a minute. It's his hip. Good Lord. And then he finally struggles to his feet, and he's walking like he'd been shot. And his tail was, like, going in the wrong direction. I thought, Ugh. we got to go to the animal hospital. My buddy, my, and he's 70-some he's pounds, too. I got to get him to the animal hospital right now. And I'm like, holy s, this day is taking a turn. And so I'm, I'm trying to comfort him. I'm petting him. I'm saying, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Cause he's shaking. You know how dogs get when they're in pain and he's scared. And so I lead him like to the door and he's walking better. And then I get the leash on him and, and bring him to the, like the front of the house where our front door is. And, um, and he's starting to walk better. <laughs> just, just like happens with humans. And then a, a little better, and then I'm petting him, and he's wagging his tail, and his tail doesn't look sideways anymore. And by the time I get him in the door, he seemed pretty okay. He was still scared. He was still shaking and, and panting and stuff like that. But I thought, okay, maybe I'll keep an eye on him. And by the time I took him out for a tentative walk, like two hours later, he was trotting along looking at squirrels. That's just like it happens with humans. I mean, how many times have you think, oh, geez, that's broken. This is going to be bad. And you're in tremendous pain and everything like right. that. You don't even want to look because you're just sure it's pointing the wrong direction or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, right. And then an hour later, you're more or less fine. It's like, what? Oh, my God. I was sure I'd killed my dog. Oh, oh. boy. I know. It was so terrible. And he was so scared. But he seems to be fine now. Seems to be right as right and happy as can be. I'll be damned. Oh, well. Better to have uh, loved and lost or something, or it's better to be worried about things you love than not to have love to worry about. I don't know. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Now, from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Uh, Armstrong and Getty. These are bad guys. That is especially true. So bizarre and so grotesque. Yup. Okay. Well, that was unnecessarily frank, but how can this show be on one hand sometimes so highbrow, yet be what it is the rest of the time? Come on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it's impossible to mention San Francisco without thinking of bums and junkies who are actually all over uh, the West Coast and many cities yeah. in America, including New York. Interesting announcement from Mayor Eric Adams. The former cop he has directed the police and emergency medical workers to hospitalize people they deem too mentally ill to care for themselves, even if they pose no threat to others. I feel like I see 10 of those people every day. Yeah. Yeah, including against their will, by the way. Uh, there's so much to be said on this topic. I'm reminded of one of our favorite sayings the last decade. If something cannot go on forever, it will end. And the uh, bums and junkies and mentally ill people on the street, and, and quite a few of the mentally ill, are mentally ill because they've done so many drugs. Keep that in mind. Um, this can't go on forever. It just This is not tenable for society to be like this. 
But we'll get into some uh, more general stuff in a minute. Uh, bring you up to speed on what's happening in New York. Uh, they announced a major push on Tuesday to remove people with severe untreated mental illness from the city's streets and subways. Uh, he said the effort, the mayor said the effort would in, would require involuntarily hospitalizing people who were a danger to themselves, even if they posed no risk of harm to others, arguing the city had a moral obligation to help them. The common um, misunderstanding that... persists that we cannot provide involuntary assistance unless the person is violent. Going forward, we will make every effort to assist those who are suffering from mental illness. Say that first part again. The common misunderstanding persists that we cannot provide okay. involuntarily involuntary assistance unless in, the person in, is violent. Unless they're violent. Right. So I would love to know how they're going to assess a person once they come upon them. They get a 911 call or whatever call. Is there are there like five questions you ask or like three standards you meet? But I I feel like whatever those standards would be, literally, if I'm bumping around downtown around here, I see a half dozen of those people every single day. Sure. Walk through downtown Portland, the guy screaming at the fire hydrant. Do you think he and and the standard, by the way, is are they able to obtain Food, shelter, and medical care for no. themselves. Okay, well then, easy, easy. I could, I could come up, I could drive around for an hour and come up with a hundred people, r- right where I am. I think because there's so many people that would meet that standard. Uh, I suppose that would be up to the judgment of whoever's got a clipboard in each case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Officials in New York said the city would roll out training immediately to police officers, EMT type folks, and other medical personnel to ensure compassionate care. But the city's new directive on the policy acknowledges, quote, the case law does not provide extensive guidance regarding removals from mental health evaluations based on short interactions in the field. Meaning mm. we're not quite sure how to go about this or how it's going to go. Right, right. And... um I'm sure there are a lot of lawyers pouring over this. 100%. Yeah, you read my mind. That's more or less the next point that was made. You know, liberal groups are concerned, blah, blah, blah. There's warning that the legal challenges could mount, blah, blah, blah. Well, as a libertarian, you have to be concerned. At what point is the state deciding you can't you, you, you can't take care of yourself? So we're going to put you over here where you're not allowed to leave unless we tell you to. Um, but I mentioned the other day, coming out of a coffee shop. This is an upscale a neighborhood coming out of a coffee shop guy laying on the sidewalk screaming the infection's going to my brain the infection's going to my brain and he's just rolling around on the sidewalk and everybody's wow. just walking around him i mean there's people everywhere but just walking around him going on with the conversation staring at their phone and i thought this is crazy this is a crazy society that we have crafted where we all just walk around that guy and there's I feel like he's a danger to me on some level, or certainly could be. He's certainly not taking care of himself. Well, right. we just, we're just all <laughs> so weird. I mean, so yeah. what do we all what, what do we all think happened to that guy the other day? Did he stop screaming that? Did he just die there? Did he start to feel better? Did he fall asleep and wake up and come out of whatever he was? I don't know. Nobody I, cares. Was he just high? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so difficult. And the history of mental illness and mental health care in the United States is so interesting. You know, the whole Reagan closed the mental hospitals is such a lie. Progressive America, and they thought they were doing the right thing, said you got to shut down all the state hospitals. 
all these big mental health, uh, you know, prison hospitals and have community health care centers in every town in America, two or three in your bigger towns. Everybody's got to know where to go if they're feeling a little crazy. But the funding was never provided. Turns out it doesn't work. It was based on some misguided progressive thinking. But we never came up with a substitute for the big mental hospitals. So back to New York briefly. Um uh, let's see, the uh, the city directive states that, quote, unawareness or delusional misapprehension of surroundings or delusional misapprehension of physical condition or health could be grounds for hospitalization, like that guy you were just describing, Jack. The effort will also involve an increase in the use of Kendra's Law, which lets courts mandate outpatient treatment for those who are danger to themselves or others, recently expanded by state lawmakers in April in New York. Frequently, homeless people with severe mental illness are brought to hospitals only to be discharged a few days later when their conditions improve slightly. Mayor yes, Adams, that's the way they work, having been through this experience myself. Not myself, but with a family member. Get ready to shake your head sadly. Maybe you want to warm up, go side to side a little bit. Here we go. Get ready. Uh, let's see. Frequently homeless. Oh, uh, slight improvement. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Adams said the city would direct hospitals to keep those patients until they are stable and discharge them only when there is a workable plan in place to connect them to ongoing care. Hospitals often cite a shortage of psychiatric beds as the reason for discharging patients, but the mayor said the city would make sure there were enough beds for people who were removed from the streets. He doesn't explain how. And he noted that Governor Kathy Hochul had agreed to 50 new psychiatric beds. 50, We're going to find a bed for everyone, Mr. Adams said. 50, you say? The number of homeless people with severe mental illness who do not live in shelters is at the very least in the hundreds. <laughs> Well, yeah, We're going to make sure there's room for everybody. Here's 50 beds. There, yeah. There's 780 people, sir. Uh, We're making sure there are adequate beds. And it's got to be way more than that. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm just trying to poo-poo every idea anybody comes up with. I think this Absolutely. is, a, I think this is a step in the right direction. But as a guy who has spent I spend time on this every day of my life for the last decade and have money to throw at it, and it's impossible. Mental illness. Mental illness. Yes. It's, it's, so how the, how the state's going to do it with limited resources, I, just, I can't even imagine how you're going to get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people naively believe, and and I don't fault them for it. They're they're good people, and it's not you know I'm not criticizing, but they think, oh yeah, mental illness. You go, you say what you're doing. They have a pill for that, and you feel fine. They diagnose you. Good luck getting a diagnosis. Oh. I have gotten three different diagnoses for diagnosi for one family member. Which one's correct? I don't know. How would I know? They're the doctors. Um, and then you know you go down the chasing pills and all that. Yeah, it's not easy. So I don't know. That's that's where I think it gets really complicated. How long are you going to hold somebody? Who's diagnosing them? How are you? Are you, are you sure they're right? Right diagnosis with the right medicine? I would be really worried about a family member that got put into some sort of state mental facility and they were throwing medicine at them, thinking they're going to get better and get them out. Well, and it's a truism of dealing with mental illness that the person takes the the few really effective drugs that are out there, they feel better, and they think this drug has all sorts of side effects, and I'm perfectly fine. I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of kids. You get to grown-ups who have, you know, uh, some rights to, to, to not have to take this medicine. Yeah. Then you get that, that problem. 
just to be clear, I am. I think this is a step in the right direction, what New York is doing. I hope it comes to towns near where I live. But once you grab somebody off the street, you've decided they're mentally ill. Where are they going? For how long? How are you going to fund it? I mean, the cost is just going to be insane. But even even without getting into the cost, who's who's going to be decided? Some, man, there's an awful lot of people with like uh, one extra year of college from you that are making these decisions, and I, I just, I'm not optimistic. Well, yeah, and I actually admire Eric Adams for trying. Uh, Gavi Newsom, who I've criticized harshly and uh, used dismissive terms such as lunkhead many times, um, it, it, there's a system in California that's just taking shape for, again, people who are clearly not not sane enough to take care of themselves to be taken into the care of the state, mental health programs, that sort of thing. You know, it's 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 all in how it performs. You know, grandiloquent and poetic descriptions of what it's going to do are worthless. You've got to do it and see how it works. Um, but at least there's a recognition that we can't keep on allowing junkie camps and, and again, mentally ill people to just be left to their own devices how on the streets. You, how do you keep these mental health, whatever you're going to call them, mental hospitals, how do you keep them from just being uh, drug addict babysitting centers? That's a good question. That's going to be another huge challenge. And if somebody's uh, so high that they can't take care of themselves, right. or they get high so much they ruin their brains and they can't take care of themselves, is that a different case? Probably not. So I'm looking at this snapshot of homeless policies around the U.S. and the world. Um, they're talking about Mayor Eric Adams announcing that uh, there's a major push to remove people with severe untreated mental illness from the streets. And, you know, they go through California and its efforts. Um, I'm just looking at the clock and figuring how much of this we have time for. Um goes into the f- close to 42,000 homeless people in L.A., a majority of them unsheltered. Uh, what does that mean? Like, they got a tent or something. Uh, about a quarter of homeless adults identify as having serious mel- mental illness, according to the report. And they mention the handful that actually get help and the promises that are being made in San Francisco and L.A. to do a better job. Illinois, Chicago specifically, similar. You got teams going out there trying to help, but they're te- terribly inadequate. Um, in Oregon, there's a big lawsuit because the hospitals are suing the state, saying that people who are civilly committed because they're a danger to themselves or others end up languishing in the hospital for months instead of being placed in a long-term treatment, such as a state psychiatric hospital. And they're like, why are we housing these people for six months? So, fair enough. Then they go into Hong Kong and London um, and uh, and uh, Ken- Kenya and Rome... One notable success story is Sydney, Australia, which has uh, seen a steep decline in uh, the number of people sleeping rough, as they say. Uh, In a city of 5.3 million people, they've reduced the figure to 225 people, they claim. Um, And then they go into the why. Um, Part of it is that Australia has a stock of public housing that's four times the percentage of the United States. Um, there are still long waits for housing, but nationalized health care, robust welfare system, homelessness has not reached anywhere near the levels that can be found in New York or San Francisco, and the trend lines are going down, not up. 
it's an interesting argument saying more socialism right. will result in less it's, homelessness. That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, well, for right now, yeah, that may have worked really well, having such a giant social safety net. But that ain't going to work long term. No, you're gonna no. just you're gonna get more people who decide I'm not really gonna participate in society. Somebody will take care of me. Yeah, and and as always happens with socialism, you run out of other people's money. Right, and more and more kids will grow up thinking that's a perfectly good way to live their lives, and so you'll get more demand. Um, it, I, I will tell you this, and it's worth throwing in. One of the real causes of homelessness in the United States is that, and this was almost always progressives said those, um, what the, what the monthly hotels. Those indigent hotels where people would rent a room with a hot plate for a very low amount of money. They are generally grimy and grim. Uh, what's the term I'm forgetting? Um, residence hotels? I don't know. Grimy and grim. Yeah, grim and grimy are original air names. Anyway, um, but those were closed down because it was decided, no, they're too grim and too grimy. And so we can't have these residence hotels open. We got to shut them down cuz look at the conditions these people are living in. There we go. We've we've struck a blow for kindness. Right. But then all those people who could live very very cheaply, granted it was a crappy accommodation, but it is what it is. Um now those people had nowhere. So what's the alternative? There is no solution to all of this that is not tough to take and going to be a little tough to watch. I mean, the current situation is tough to take and tough to watch. It's utterly unacceptable. But if you were to, for instance, erect um, government housing centers, they would be cleaner, uh, much more carefully regulated residence hotels, campuses of them. They would have to be policed. People who violated the rules would have to be disciplined. Otherwise, they would degenerate into the hell holes of the public housing projects of the 60s and 70s. I grew up in Chicagoland, right outside the city. I can name them for you. These giant uh, charitable war on poverty LBJ uh, public housing projects. They became festering hell holes that were torn down. So what the solution is, I don't know. But again, it's not going to be sweet and nice. It's going to be tough. Compassion without order is chaos. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER this is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong. And Joe Getty. I got my pants on. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, Babe Ruth, baseball player, probably the most famous athlete in American history. George Herman Ruth, nicknamed Babe, played for the Boston Red Sox originally, was a pitcher for them, and then went to the Yankees and was the greatest hitter of all time. A Red Sox teammate once said, I saw a man transformed into something pretty close to a god. Also talked about Babe Ruth's eating habits, which he called (laughs) god-awful. According to Babe Ruth in the 1918 Red Sox, which is, that's 104 years ago, uh, this player, Hooper, who was a teammate of Babe Ruth, said, Lord, he ate too much. When we were traveling, he'd stop and order a dozen hot dogs and just as many bottles of soda soda pop, stuff them in one after the other, then give a few big belches. And that would hold him for a couple of hours. Huh? That'd hold him for a couple hours. Right. That's a half a dozen hot dogs and just as many bottles of pop. So six hot dogs, six bottles of pop, you belch and you're good for a little while. It's kind of like a snack. Wow. When Babe Ruth wasn't inhaling hot do- dogs, he was gobbling up cold beef while visiting manager Jack Berry insisted on devour- devouring raw hamburgers. The Boston Post reported that according to Ruth's wife, almost every day he ate two and a half pounds of rare beef steak. With a whole bottle of chili sauce. Two and a half pounds. With a bottle of chili sauce. Whew. Oh, Having my an Lord. audience only. What? <laughs> I can only think of the next day. The pain. Oh, Lord, the pain. Having an audience only egged him on. During a six-hour outing in New York, Ruth had two massive dinners with two gigantic snacks in between. Each dinner consisted of two porterhouse steaks. A double order of cottage fried potatoes, two heads of lettuce, and two apple pies a la mode. The entire pies. Wow. Both snacks were made up of four hot dogs and four bottles of Coke. Getting back So to between snack. those two giant steak, potato, and salad, and pie dinners, he had what? Uh, four hot dogs and four bottles of Coke. Gee, The home runs were a minor achievement compared to the eating. (laughs) Right. He was Barry Bonds and Joey Chestnut. Right. Which is quite an accomplishment. And he would do them at the same time, which is really quite amazing. Do that, Aaron Judge, you skinny wuss. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry I said that. Don't pound me into the ground like a railroad spike. <laughs> oh, giant one. <laughs> the, man, you, you, I have thought this every time I've read or watched anything about Babe Ruth. You really can't hardly get enough information about that gentleman. What an amazing human. Yeah, well, and the fact that he was the, the best pitcher in baseball when he was pitching. And then, you know, decided, no, i I got to play every day. Wow. wow. I think I'll eat two entire heads of lettuce. Then two well, entire apple much pies. A porterhouse steak in your gut, you'd need to, to just to keep things moving. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and a food baby. So there you go. Wow, the great Babe Ruth indeed. I mean, even if that's an exaggeration by a factor of two, yipes. The great Mickey Mantle, of course, could drink any man under the uh, the table, often right. brutally hung over when he was setting all sorts of records. It was a different era, Jack. Armstrong and Getty. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 